0: Good morning family. I just want to say thank you all so much for the gifts, for preparing the service last week. My former pastor Shane Sowers did an excellent, excellent message. I was very encouraged. I pray you were also. Um, Man, this has just been such a humbling experience for us. Please continue to pray for us as we will be in prayer for you. Uh, today is a special day, so let's get to the scriptures because that's what we're here for. Amen? amen, amen. All right, First Corinthians eleven twenty-three to twenty-nine. First Corinthians eleven twenty-three to twenty-nine. I'm going to break a little bit from Romans, and we're going to take a special look at the Lord's Supper, seeing as how this is my first one that it might be a very fitting time to do so. We just finished our Halloween celebration. Could somebody please um, get that door, please? Thank you. We just finished our Halloween, so hopefully I didn't see any of you on the front page of the newspaper in Lahaina on Front Street. (coughs) Going too crazy, okay. Halloween is a celebration in some sense there's a different day that we recognize that happened in history on october 31st it happened in the year 1517 a man by the name of martin luther nailed 95 theses or statements against the catholic church on the door of a catholic church and he was a part of the catholic church at that time so he wasn't like you know going cross denominational He had issues with the Catholic Church. That moment sent shockwaves in history, changed literally the course of the world and of the church. Today we will celebrate in remembrance of another historical event, one that not only changed the history of the world, but literally is what history focuses and rotates around This moment, and that will be as we remember the sacrifice of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Sometimes, as we remember different things, there's there's consequences for failing to remember. Sometimes those consequences are comical. Maybe we have failed to remember to set my alarm for when I go to work, and so you wake up. Where's my alarm? Where's, what time is it? I've got to be at work. And, and you frantically start getting dressed and, and getting all your stuff on. You make that split-second decision to brush the teeth or not to brush the teeth. <laughs> eh, I'll mouthwash it. And you, you, you're going and, and you're walking out the door and the clock catches your eye. And you realize it's an hour early. <laughs> right? Sometimes failing to remember has comical outcomes. Other times, the stakes are higher. Maybe it's in a relationship. You fail to remember, it's anniversaries today, or worse, yesterday, and I didn't say anything. And so you quickly, oh, I was planning something big. I wanted you to think I didn't remember. Sometimes there's broken fellowship with your loved one as a result or you still yet, sometimes the stakes are even higher. Sometimes failing to remember or forgetfulness can cost you your life. As a police officer, I would wake up, I would get dressed, and my wife, as I left out the door, would inevitably, without fail almost, each day say three words as I walked out. It was not, I love you. It was remember officer safety. Because as a police officer, I would grow so accustomed to dealing with crisis and dangerous situations and it turning out okay that I would become complacent. And I could so easily forget those techniques that would save my life. Sometimes remembering will cost you your life. And as we come to... The Lord's Supper we see spiritually failing to remember what Christ did and what God accomplished on our behalf will cost us our life our spiritual life if we fail to remember and so this is a joyful time this is a time of remembrance the idea here is the Lord's Supper is a visible and audible proclamation of the gospel And as we partake this morning, it's a sign that you are continuing in fellowship with Christ and his body. So the Lord's Supper is a, what I'm doing right now is just audible. It's going to be a visible and an audible, if you will, a 3D surround sound experience of what Christ accomplished. A presentation of the gospel. And as you partake, it's a joyful time, but as you partake, you're saying, By my partaking, I'm continuing in fellowship with Christ and his body. It involves four things as we participate that I want you all to remember. This is a common way of laying out the idea of the Lord's Supper. Four things. We're going to look back. So as you participate, you will look back. You will look forward. You will look in. And then you will look out. You will look back, forward, in, and out. Let's read, see if you can spot them. 1 Corinthians 11, 23 to 29. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Whoever therefore eats the bread... Or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. A backward look. Do this in remembrance of me. Do this in remembrance of me. Dr. Oreck was here with us this summer as you were all here, and he preached an excellent series from 2 Timothy. And he was reminded, he he told Timothy, I remember you in my prayers, Timothy. I remember your tears. I'm reminded of your sincere faith. And he goes to remind Timothy now, remember, Timothy, to fan the flame. Chapter 2, 1 Timothy. Remember, sorry, 2 Timothy, remember the Lord Jesus Christ. He encouraged us and exhorted us, Dr. Oric did, from the scriptures to remember. Rocky Kamatsu preached an excellent sermon from Psalm 103 in January. And he encouraged us, he called us to worship by way of remembering all God had accomplished on our behalf. Pastor John Piper after 33 years of faithful service at Bethlehem Baptist Church, preached his farewell sermon. And he walked through six truths, reminding his congregation of the great greatness of their shepherd and overseer of their souls. And likewise, I'm so privileged and honored to get to remind you in my first sermon as your pastor, of our great shepherd of our souls. So let's go back now to Matthew 26, 26 to 29. And we'll go back in time to the upper room where this last, or correction, Lord's Supper occurred. Matthew records it like this. Now, as they were eating, Jesus took bread We're looking back. We're looking back now, and we're going to go back yet even more, because verse 17 of Matthew 26 tells us that they're enjoying what's called a Passover meal. A Passover meal. This is so significant because the Passover is loaded with symbolism and imagery. So we'll go even further back in our time machine, way back to thousands of years ago, Exodus 12. 11 through 30. We won't read it. I'm just going to paraphrase it for you and summarize. Exodus 12, 11 through 30. This is where this idea of the Passover was instituted. What is it? Well, we're all familiar. Israel was enslaved to Egypt. Probably more people than the population of the Hawaiian Islands combined, enslaved and God was going to deliver his people in miraculous ways. He was going to work signs and wonders that would not be repeated ever until now. Christ came on the scene. But back then, amazing things. Rivers, entire Nile turned to blood. Frogs, flies, locusts, everything. But after nine plagues, Pharaoh still would not let God's people go from slavery. God was answering Pharaoh when Pharaoh's response, who is Yahweh, that I should listen to him? And he's been showing them, and on this 10th plague, it's gonna be something that would blow everybody's mind. So God beforehand tells Moses and Aaron, gives very specific instructions to the people. You will get a lamb. It'll be a year old. It will be a male. You will slaughter him, everybody, at the same time on that night. There's more instructions, but for time's sake, they would slaughter him. And with up branches, or we just say, for our sake, palm tree branches, they would dip it in the blood and spread it on their doorposts. And he said, I will pass through Egypt, and I will execute judgment on all of the firstborn, both man and man. And beast. And God says, I haven't created the iPhone yet, Moses, for you to record this. So you will do the next best thing, and you will remember this day every day forever. And when your sons ask you about it, and their sons and their sons' sons, you will say, God delivered us on this day. And you will have a party for a week long to remember how great a deliverance I'm going to do. And so in faith, the Israelites did as they were commanded. Slaughtered the lamb, fluffy. Put his, do- his blood on the doorposts. The angel of death came. How many in here are the firstborn in their house? Raise your hands high. Raise your hands high. How many are the firstborn? Look around at all the firstborn. Okay. How many of you have pets? Okay. Are any of your pets the firstborn of the litter? Okay, I have a dog. She's the firstborn. So this would be the equivalent of me waking up and finding my wife, my son, and my dog all dead. And that's exactly what happened. At midnight, the Lord came across Egypt. And it says, there was a great cry that arose. For there was not a house where someone was not dead. But the Israelites, none of them were affected. And now here we are, Jesus, back in time now, the Passover meal, celebrating in accordance with the law, remembering that great deliverance, as they were commanded to do. And what's so amazing about this is jesus doesn't institute any new customs when he's breaking the bread or or giving the cup or giving his speech these are all things that were already being done what's amazing is that jesus interprets it in light of himself this is my body which is broken This cup, this is my blood, which is shed for the forgiveness of sins for you. In effect, he was saying, I am the greater prophet than Moses that he testified about. I am the greater deliverance, and I'm about to affect it right before your eyes. It's about me, and you will sing forever about me But the disciples didn't get it yet, did they? They didn't fully understand it, even though he had just told them at the beginning of chapter 26 that he was going to be delivered and crucified. They still didn't get it. They wouldn't get it until chapter 28, after it happened and he rose again. We read the parallel account, Luke 24. You remember two guys on a road to Emmaus about two miles away? I guess that would be about on the road to Kihei. They're walking down the path on the side of Mokulele Highway, and a guy comes out of the cane field and starts talking to him. What, what's going on? And they didn't immediately recognize him. And he starts to rebuke them. Oh, foolish ones. And he and says he started from Moses and went all through the prophets and explained the things concerning himself. We're looking back. And it says they asked him when they got to their destination to stay with him. And so he, he did, still not knowing, recognizing him. And it says when he had prayed and broke bread, what did he just do on the last thing he did with him? He prayed and he broke bread. It says their eyes were opened and they saw it was Jesus and the joy they had. But right then, boom, he's gone. He vanished and as they're reflecting on these things and did not our hearts burn within us as he opened the scriptures to us and likewise we as we look back do not our hearts burn within us as we say with paul christ our passover lamb has been sacrificed glory to god hallelujah And Philippians points and says, In his act of humility, he became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him above every name that is named, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee would bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Amen. That is what we look back on and remember. That is what we look back on and remember. Our Lord conquered He conquered sin. That is what we're going to celebrate this morning. But that's not all. It causes us to what? Look forward. As we look back, we look forward. Because our deliverance is not complete yet. There's a reason. We'll get to that in a second. Christ said, 26, For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, where's that forward look come? You proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Or if you remember back in Matthew, I tell you I will not eat, sorry, I will not drink of the fruit of this vine until what? Till I drink it new with you in the kingdom of my Father. So when we partake, we're not just looking back, we're looking forward. And the reason why it's not proper, to call it the Last Supper is because there's yet another supper still yet to come. That supper is described, Revelation 19, as the marriage feast of the Lamb. Blessed are those who are invited. So as we partake, this is but a small glimpse of what we will have for eternity Paul says, Romans 8, for I reckon that the suffering of this present time is not worth being compared to the glory that is to be revealed in us. We look forward. And we will sing, just as they did. It said that when they had finished eating, Matthew 26, 29, they sung a hymn and left. And we too will sing a hymn when we have finished and we will sing a new song, and its lyrics are recorded for us. And we sang it on Wednesday night. That new song is in Revelation 5. And we will be accompanied by thousands upon thousands upon thousands and thousands of angels and other saints who have gone before us. And what will that song be? Worthy, worthy, worthy. Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation, and you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and blessing and and glory." And every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea will proclaim to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. Man, we look back with great joy and remembrance. And that causes us to look forward with great anticipation and hope. at a greater supper. Now I hope you see, and small part, what we're about to do is no flippant matter. We come spiritually into the very presence of Christ. And when we partake, woe to those who partake in an unworthy manner. This is to be a joyous occasion. We want to rejoice. Our sins are blotted out. But don't, don't take it in an unworthy manner. I suppose the ultimate example of those who have participated unworthily would be Judas. A few verses prior to Matthew 26, we read actually in the same chapter that Judas went and sold Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver. Sold him out. And Jesus, as he's giving this institution, this ordinance, he allows Judas to partake. And we remember what happens to Judas. So Paul says we are to examine ourselves. Examine yourselves. So I urge you to examine yourself. Now, what does that mean? How do I know if I'm partaking unworthily? I won't get into all of it. I'll just give you some principles. Suffice it to say for now, to, untake, to take in an unworthy manner, let me just comfort you. The Lord's Supper is for sinners. The Lord's Supper is for sinners. So if you're like, oh man, I've just, I think I've sinned like a 100 times this morning already. I don't, nobody's partaking. No, the Lord's Supper is for sinners. But not just any sinner can partake. Only those who have come to Jesus as their Lord and Savior, who trust in Jesus alone, whose motto is, as we sing, nothing in my hands I bring, simply to the cross I cling The Lord's Supper is for those who have trusted in Christ. So if you're here and you haven't, I'm going to ask you to abstain. If you're here and your children haven't trusted in Jesus as their Lord and Savior, there's no shame in obeying the words of God. I'm going to ask them to abstain. If they have, by all means, take. Examine yourselves. Look in. Is this true of you, brother? Sister? Have you examined yourself? Is Jesus your only hope? If it is, and if you choose to partake this morning, then rejoice, believer. Let this be a sign for you, brother, sister, that the sin you struggle with now, remember it has been blotted out, canceled, taken away. Rejoice in that. Rejoice. The last point is an outward look. We look out. So having looked in, having looked back, look forward, now you look out. That's part of self-examination. You look out at your brothers and sisters because, you see, when we partake in the elements, our little wafer cracker and our little cup of juice, you are signifying and saying, not only am I continuing in fellowship with Jesus, but I'm continuing in fellowship with his body. Paul said it like this in 1 Corinthians 10. The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one bread, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one bread. So, brother or sister, if you're harboring sin against another believer in here, maybe it's anger, bitterness, jealousy, resentment, whatever it may be, I'm going to urge you to pursue peace. Be eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit. If you haven't, I would urge you to consider abstaining this time. Remember, nobody's looking down on anybody who abstains because you're being obedient. And in obedience to Christ and for his glory, we rejoice. And if you un- and if you do take or if you see somebody abstain, I'm going to ask you as you look, don't be like oh, this person's struggling with sin. I wonder what it is. Don't do that. Don't do that. There's other reasons why people choose to abstain, not just because they might be struggling with sin. We'll cover those later. But don't don't do that. Don't don't let your little curious spirits look on somebody else in judgment, because one day it might be you who needs to abstain. So we look in, we look out. And finally brothers and sisters or visitor rather if you're here and you don't know jesus this whole passover thing this whole look and do and remembrance of me i have no clue what this is you're okay we've all been there i'm going to ask you trust in christ today look to jesus today Don't wait for tomorrow, because God promised the Egyptians the same thing. Judgment is coming. It's coming, and we don't know when it will be. Paul says in 2 Thessalonians that Jesus will return in flaming fire with angels, executing vengeance on those who do not know God or obey his gospel. The gospel that I'm telling you right now. The good news, though, is that although you are considered an enemy of God and under his wrath, because of the blood of Jesus, he stood in your place if you come to him by faith. And you rest, Jesus, I I trust all my hope on you. Yes, I am a sinner. Yes, I am who you say I am. And yes, you are holy God, and I recognize you covered it in Christ. Do it today. If you have more questions, please talk to me today or talk to anybody else. And brother and sister, I pray that this would be a joyful time of remembrance in the coming years. A time that we celebrate in remembrance of Christ. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that as we prepare to sing and response and worship, I pray that your spirit would work in our hearts, work joy. That we would just be in awe of what you accomplished on our behalf. You stood in our place. You bore the wrath that was ours, and may we look back with great joy. For others, Father, may you convict us of the sin in our hearts. We have not loved you as we ought to. We have become complacent. Father, I pray that this would be a remembrance and a renewal of our fellowship with you. Father, may we be eager to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace in this time. Father, give us a heart that seeks your name in Maui to go forth. Save many people for your glory. I ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.